Hi everyone, it's Fahim, and you're listening to the Nisa Invest Tea Talk Podcast. Hope everybody's feeling good, ready to start your Friday. Alhamdulillah, it's Jummah today, and we're here to recreate in podcast form what happened last year at my local mosque, Sisters Circle, where a few of us got together and I was able to run a session on all things halal personal finance. Whether it had to do with budgeting, halal investing, or pensions, we covered all of it. And at the end of the session, I asked my sisters to share with me what further questions they had so I could go through it with you in podcast form. So thanks so much for joining me and let's get started. So the question this week asks where to invest. Very straightforward question. The question that the sister is asking is effectively what is that she's to do with her asset allocation? Where is it that she should be investing? Now, whether you're an investor or not, if you have cash sitting in your account, you have an asset allocation. You have uh, consciously or unconsciously made a decision about where is it that you want to put your money. So the question where to invest is effectively saying what are the traditional asset classes out there that people are able to invest in and which one is it that depending on your risk profile, your age and the money that you have available, what is it that you should be considering? And so in this episode we'll go through the traditional and major asset classes of which there are four the first one being cash the second is something called fixed income um, so that's when you think about bonds uh, but also there are islamic bonds out there called sukuks the third a very popular one when people think about investing and that's property and last uh, the one that has the highest risk and equally the highest reward and that is stocks and shares so thanks a lot for this question we'll just dive in we'll go through each uh, all four of them uh, in more detail uh, and compare and contrast it's useful to also appreciate the existence of alternative investments so these are things like private equity investing in art investing in land agriculture collectibles digital assets like cryptocurrencies and nfts commodities they're not necessarily the biggest asset classes i feel like a lot of uh, this podcast so far we've talked uh, about stocks and shares because when you think about investing you might think okay i want to be in the stock market now it is true especially when we're young when we can tolerate more risk and especially because you don't need a lot to get started in this asset class too uh, going for um, buying a halal index fund in many ways is an excellent place to start when you're investing but it's not only an excellent place to start uh, depending your when you think about your asset allocation depending on what phase of your life you're in some you'll be invested in more than others. Why is because the reason why these asset classes are different is because they individually have a different risk return profile uh, and, and 
because our goals and our risk profile changes as we grow older, we may favor different asset classes at different periods of our lifetime. And one of the very first rules of thumb that I came across was about how much should my overall asset allocation be focused on equities. You take your age, you take 20 off of it, and then you say 100%, 100 minus that amount. And the percentage that is left gives you a sense of how much of your investment portfolio should be allocated to uh, equities. And if you're 22, that means 98% of your investment portfolio should be allocated to equities. And note that I said investment portfolio. So immediately when we think about our asset allocation, we're saying our investable assets. And it's nice to think about the term investable assets because it, you're kind of giving a nod to your budget. So what, the, what do investable assets mean? It means that the money that you know that you have available to invest. And when you're investing for the long term, another way of saying it is the money that I not, I'm not going to touch for at least five years. And so what does that look like? It means that I have a means of budgeting each month with the income that I earn. I have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, which in the event of uh, an emergency, I will not feel like I need to use my investable assets. And I don't have any debt obligations, meaning I don't have any debt that uh, I need to pay that w would come before any kind of return that I could expect from the market because you don't want to be in a situation where you have to cover your debt payments using money that you have in the stock market because, as we said, the stock market can be volatile and you don't want to be short that money. And so that is um, the way that we give a nod to our budget and we focus on what our investable assets are. And the moment that we have cash that is available to invest, then you make the decision exactly where is it that your money should go. It's useful to then compare and contrast all the different asset classes because ultimately where we want to get to as an investor is someone who has a diversified portfolio that reflects their goals and reflects their risk profile. And so if you're young, it might be more uh, overweight. And we talk about things being overweight or underweight, meaning they have a, a majority of, like you're putting more of if you're overweight something, or underweight, you have less of. So you want your portfolio to be overweight equities, uh, and as you grow older, maybe you have uh, more fixed income and that kind of stuff. And by appreciating the different asset classes by and saying, you know, I want to have some exposure to all of them, that is also another way for you to um, acknowledge the economic cycle. Um, one of the things we have to appreciate is the reason why each of these uh, asset classes moves differently is because they're all affected differently by what happens in the world. But that kind of thinking is just useful for you to kind of appreciate what is happening with these asset classes, not for you to think, okay, this is how I can optimize. It's more in 
I feel like the same way you might know what a healthy diet consists of and what the different vitamins and minerals do to my body. It's not for you to start to weigh the amount of vitamin B12 that you get, that kind of stuff. <coughs> But going back to the question that the sister asked, the question was where to invest. So we can start from the beginning. People can invest in cash. So what does it look like if you're someone who invests in cash? It means you keep your money in your current account. As an asset class, we would put that at the one end of a spectrum as the one that has the lowest return as, as well as the lowest risk. Of course, inflation is one of the factors that affects cash the most uh, because um, if you're in an environment where it's inflationary, you can expect the value of the cash to uh, go down. So is it good to keep cash? Of course, is is good to keep a certain amount of cash. In this context, I wouldn't really call your emergency fund as investing in cash. No, because the, your emergency fund has a value that is completely separate to the fact that it's losing money because of inflation. The additional value that your emergency fund has, it allows you to stay in the market for longer. So I say that your emergency fund is really your margin of safety that allows you to invest in the first place. So I wouldn't count your emergency fund as part of the pool of investable assets that you have. So you might say that you might want to keep some money in a cash ISA and not invest the whole lot. So then we, uh, another thing that cash allows you to do, it gives you opportunity. If you have cash, it allows you to move quicker. Uh, when there's an opportunity to invest in something because you don't have to liquidate an asset to, to go and head and buy something else. So it's useful to appreciate what each of the asset classes has going for itself. So that's what you have. And I f the order in which I'm going is in the order of the returns that uh, historically over the past 30 years or even 50 years these asset classes have performed so historically cash has been the lowest risk as well as the lowest reward next up is what's called fixed income so you will find that there are four main asset classes but probably we could come up with 12 different names for just these four asset classes so fixed income is a really good example Fixed income can also be referred to as debt. It can also be referred to as loans. It can also be referred to IOUs. And it can also be referred to as fixed interest. Or it can be referred to as bonds. Bonds are another type of loan. So I've already given five names for one asset class, which is called fixed income. So fixed income is in the name, is when you make an investment and you already have a guaranteed return, meaning that after that particular period of time, you can expect a certain return back. So that is why, that is effectively how loans work, right? If someone suffers that gives someone a loan and expects a return that's even more than that, that's called interest. And so we know that within Islam, interest is banned. So you might feel like, whoa, does this mean that a whole entire asset class is not accessible to Muslims? No, that's, that's not the case. Uh, and if we think about the asset class in terms of its properties, what does fixed income mean? As I said, it gives people a fixed return. And so Im implicitly, it means it's less risky. Okay, so we've got fixed income. How is it that 
uh, we can get Sharia compliant fixed income assets. And they're called sukuks. Now, the sukuk market, in the time that I've actually worked in finance, it has uh, grown massively. And so uh, we can go into this into more detail, but the way the sukuk is structured in principle is it works as kind of like a rental agreement. Uh, the, the specific term is called ijara. And you often see utility companies, uh, ports, and really high capital-intensive industries make use of sukuk as a means of financing. So when it goes out to you as an investor and they're saying, buy into this sukuk fund, uh, it's because they're they have identified projects, physical projects that exist. They're saying that you, along with a thousand other investors, are going to buy for me this piece of a port. And that company is saying in return for that, they're paying you back for the use of the asset. And so that's why it kind of feels like a rental agreement. So that is like a, a useful uh, thing to think about. And so fixed income assets are also available for Muslims. Now, moving on from that, there is also property. Uh, and why do I go to property next? Property compared to uh, equities, a lot of people, especially in recent times, might think you can get amazing returns from property. But in reality, the stock market has outperformed the real estate market um, in, in the past decades. But in the rule of thumb in the UK, or at least historically what's happened in the UK, is house prices will double every 10 years. So that's effectively what's, what's happened with house prices. And when you think of real estate as an asset class, uh, it's really attractive. Why? Because it's a really you know what you're buying. It's a, um, a physical ownership of, of an asset. There's a lot of emotion also tied to the idea of owning your own home and the security that comes with it. There's also the fact that you're not going to be paying rent. Um, conversely, if you're the one that is buying the property as an investment, meaning that you can also expect to get income from it in the form of rent that is also a return that you get but most people who invest in property they might invest for the portion that's called the capital gains because as i said you think that the price of uh, that property will double in whatever that period is and we can go into real estate in more detail and so i think conventionally it's also the one that people are probably the most familiar with and the last one the one that we've talked about a lot is of course uh, stocks and shares uh, now similarly stocks and shares have so many different names so it can also be referred to as well we've said stocks we've said shares we also refer to it as equities and that is a part ownership in a company now, a very great way to diversify your risk across equities is by buying into an entire market. And when you do that, you buy into an index fund and it similarly breaks up uh, your ownership of the asset into many different shares. And as a result, your exposure gets spread across many different companies. And the without going into too much detail about uh, stocks and shares, if we just want to compare it with the other asset class, you end up sharing in the profits of that company, but also 
you are part of their journey. You're one of their shareholders. Whatever happens to the company, you're saying, I believe in this management team's ability to provide a certain level of return, but those returns are not guaranteed. So whilst with fixed income, you are taking in lower risk, you're, you're expecting a lower return, whereas with equities, inherently because of what happens if the worst happens, the fact that there is the prospect of you not making your investment back, that is the portion of it that means that it's higher risk. So thanks so much for listening. I meant it as a nice whistle-stop tour across the four different asset classes. Um, so you, we can get, without going into too much detail, a quick appreciation of the fact that each one has a different risk return profile, each one moves in different ways, and as an investor, you might be attracted to invest in, in all of them depending on uh, your goals and your risk profile. And as investors, the great thing about diversification is we can take our investable assets and think about a way to spread the pie across all of these asset classes in a way that reflects our risk profile thanks so much for listening this has been the nisa invest t-talk podcast i will see you next juma bye for now